0: How would you describe your life? Tough? Busy? Good? Or as one person said, you don't really want to go there, do you? And I'm sure if I actually walked around this evening, I would get many other answers. Maybe I would even get none of your business. And that's okay. I accept that for many, how things are in their life is private. Now, let me change that question. How would you describe your spiritual life? Your walk with Jesus? I once asked a person, how's it going? They hadn't been out of church in seven years. We'd been talking over a year, building up, and they were out. And I said, how's it going? And their response was, it's going. Thankfully, it's a work in progress, but it's going. And you know, every one of us is on a journey, both physical and spiritual One of those journeys will end after a period of time, while the other one is for eternity. As I go through Scripture, there are many folks in there that we know their names, but we don't know a lot about them. They pop up, and we think we know the person, but they're only in a short period of verses. This evening we joined Jesus intending to pass through Jericho on the route to Jerusalem. And I want you to imagine the buzz around the city. That news that Jesus, the teacher from Nazareth, is coming. And he's come with his group of traveling disciples. And they're about to pass through here. They're en route to Jerusalem. And so, as that news gathers, there's large crowds building up all wanting to see Jesus. And then in Luke 19, verses 2 and 3, we meet Zacchaeus. And I pick Zacchaeus because I understand what it's like being small of stature. I'm glad you're all sitting down there and I didn't need a stand. I actually did a children's talk our service one day. Well, say one day, it was last year. Uh, and the Sunday school superintendent Brought out the stool and he set it down. And I said, You haven't told me who's reading. And I thought they were reading from there. And he says, Oh, I but the stool's for you. <laughs> but that is a case. We don't know anything about him, except he's a senior employee of the Roman government. He's the boss of all the local collectors. He's the head of the mafia. He's quite notoriously known for overcharging, gross extortion. And he's moving around, desperately looking for a space to get a glimpse of Jesus. And there's nothing in this text that tells us or suggests that unlike the encounter that Jesus had a few days earlier, and we read about it in chapter 18, when then came a young ruler And he went away sad. There's nothing that suggests that the case had any intention of meeting with Jesus. In fact, from these 10 verses, we know very little. There's nothing about family, there's nothing about background, just what we've already looked at. And yet, friends, I would say that despite the outward appearance of having everything, and I suspect he was a lonely man. He was unpopular, despised, loathed, hated by most people in the city and surrounding region. And so whatever the reason, he runs ahead. He wants to see Jesus. And so he runs ahead, he climbs a tree, and he's now sitting up there high on a branch. He's sitting there waiting on Jesus, and he's watching Jesus moving slowly because of the crowd along the road towards him. And you know, this is a great spot to watch this procession. And June, soon Jesus would be here, right in front of him. And he's got a great seat, and there's nobody now standing in front of him, blocking his view. And you know, as I thought about this, my thoughts went back to 1967. I know some of you just weren't around in 1967. But in 1967, the Queen came to Belfast. And I remember being in primary school. And we all had spent the morning painting out and making out we Union Jacks. And we had our pages, and we were taken down onto the shore road, and we were told, the Queen's coming along this road. And we all stood there. And the whisper came, She's on her way. And we all stood. And three cars went, woof, woof, woof. And somebody said, is she coming now? She already passed. But that didn't happen here. You see, here in Jericho, something surprising happened. Jesus didn't pass by. He was supposed to. But he didn't. He stopped. He stopped and he looked up and he calls the case by name. He spoke to him. He didn't shout insults like everybody else. And you know, friends, I know that when the Lord calls individuals to come to him, he doesn't issue blanket calls. If you're free out there, would you like? He calls us personally. He knows each one of us individually. And the call to come follow me, as in Mark chapter 117, to Peter and those first disciples, it's deliberate. And I wonder, have you heard Jesus calling you? Have you forgotten sometimes of what it was whenever Jesus called you? You know, when he began to call me, I realized that despite my religious appearance, it was empty. And he loved me with a love that was eternal. He didn't love me because of my family. He didn't love me because of my gran who roared me. He loved me because I was a sinner and he had a job for me to do sometime in the future. And yeah, I mocked up many times. But you see, it was a very personal relationship. And I wonder what was going on in Zacchaeus' head when he heard Jesus with a personal clear instruction, make haste, come down. There's no ambiguity. Zacchaeus knew exactly what he was supposed to do. There was no debating. There was no, let me work out what exactly that means. Here he got this clear instruction the teacher everybody wanted to see is talking to him not all these others he's talking to me the kids the tax collector the cheat the thief and he's speaking with love and compassion he's interested in spending time with me and notice the words of jesus they promised more than just a casual meeting under a tree. It wasn't hi, Zacchaeus. Do you fancy we'll take a walk? It was quickly come down. I must stay at your house. And I wonder, was Zacchaeus hearing these words and he's hearing, Zacchaeus, none of your neighbors will come to your house with you. No one in this town will have anything to do with you. But I want you to know that I, the Son of God, the Lord of glory, must go to your house. You see, dear friends, as Jesus ambassadors in this place, I wonder how do we relate to outsiders? Do we promote us or do we honor God? God. You see, Jesus wasn't seeking out the local socialite because no one else liked him. The Lord had begun looking for Zacchaeus long before Zacchaeus even considered looking for the Lord. Matter of fact, up in that tree, he just wanted to see him, a glimpse. And unlike in John chapter 4, when Jesus met the woman at Samaria, this encounter wasn't a by chance. Was a divine mission. Jesus doesn't do meeting by chance. He doesn't do coincidences. They're all God instances, divine appointments. And I want you to imagine He divinely appointed the time when each of us would know Him. He divinely appointed the time when each of us would give our hearts to him. And it was up for a purpose. Zacchaeus did exactly what the Lord told him to do. He came down quickly. And yet, whenever we read verse 6 in the New King James, it says, he, not that he welcomed him, he received him. And that word received is a big word because that word is pointing out that Zacchaeus not only received Jesus as a guest into his home, but he received him. He received him as the Lord of his heart. He invited him in. He heard the claims. He heard the call, and he makes the commitment. And that is what salvation is about. We hear the claims of the gospel. We feel the call of the Spirit. And it's not just words here, but they come here and we feel and we receive Jesus by faith. Friends, many go through steps one and two, but sadly never make it to step three. You see, for case, this wasn't just for the moment. This was for eternity. Jesus didn't go to that cross so we would be saved for salvation, or oh, sorry, for religion. He went there so that we, you and me, would be saved from a lost eternity and that we would be brought into a heart-changing, a life-changing relationship with God the Father. I found when I got saved, that my association with Jesus wasn't gonna be confined to a building. Yes, it took me five years to realize fully it wasn't a tick box. I put my hand up and that was enough. But I learned that he came home with me. Despite the many occasions I've ignored him, he's never left. And the first seven we find that the crowd Disapproved. Surprise, surprise. There's muttering, there's complaining. That's not what's supposed to happen. If he's going to talk to to somebody in this crowd, there's many of us here. Not a social outcast. Not a religious outcast. Not an unwanted, unclean individual. Why can't Jesus want to be associated with him? And you know, we will even get that whenever we accept certain people into the church building. And even more, if they accept Christ, profess their sins, and become a Christian, there will be those who will wonder is this true, really? And yet, that's what we're to do. You know, it doesn't take long for the new case to appear. Percy tells us he stands he faces the crowd and he makes a bold promise he was admitting theft and the law of voluntary restitution requires the original amount plus one-fifth and his promise is he's given away half of his fortune he's going to restore fourfold anyone he's taken things from under false pretenses You see, Zacchaeus isn't just paying back. He's publicly renouncing the old life of sin, lying, cheating, extortion. He's embracing the new life of faith and holy living. He's displaying the kind of change that Jesus makes in all of those He saves by His grace. the rich young ruler that I spoke about, he wanted entry into heaven. But he wanted to keep his comfortable, wealthy lifestyle. Case knew he was different. Jesus wanted the crowd to know that he viewed case as a saved follower, a member, a true member of Abraham's lineage. And so are we. If we've accepted Jesus Christ, we are true members of Abraham's lineage. To the world around, Zacchaeus was a renegade. But to Jesus, he was a sinner, lost, and now found. And Jesus closes this event in verse 10 with this mission statement. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Friends, Jesus sought out Zacchaeus. He made the contact. Zacchaeus was amongst the lost and Jesus did not leave him there. And what happened to case still happens today. I didn't know until about an hour ago that there was plans in this place for outreach in the summer. And each one of us that have committed our lives to Christ Are working and walking on mission. We don't come with earthly based faith and hope for a heavenly destination. We come with a heaven based faith and we're here on an earthly mission. And we're to go out to the sacchiasis. Someone may be in this building. Live around. And we're to go out and through our words, which is God talking, they will hear Jesus calling. And we will be met with reservations about accepting the sacchiasis of this world and how it will destroy a comfy fellowship. Can I just finish by saying that all of us who call ourselves Jesus followers, disciples, Christians, whatever title you want to put on it, may we be forever thankful that the Holy Spirit opened our ears, our hearts, our lives. He didn't call us outcasts. He called us, and now he's asking us to be seeking how we play our part in that mission. The mission that God set us to, currently knowing that until he returns, the Son of Man is seeking to save that which was lost. Let's pray. Here I am, send me. Lord, may that be the words that you plant in each one of us so that we would hear the joy of lives returning and being accepted into your kingdom. Amen.